This is Michael Blackstone with Lee Talk Radio. Today I'm with Sydney Cobb, District 2 Supervisor and Local Attorney. Sydney, one of the things we wanted to talk to you about today was problems with our local economy. What's your opinion and uh, what can you tell us about your thoughts, both from a local business person and somebody as our District 2 Supervisor? Well, first, I think we've got to figure out whether or not we think we have a problem. I think if you talk to most people, they would say we do have a problem. Uh, but, you know, if you've got a problem, what, what is the problem? What, I think the first, the first thing to figure out is what do we want the local economy to look like? Who, who do we want to look like? Do we want to look like Knoxville, Asheville, Abingdon, Rogersville? I mean, is, is there somebody out there that's doing something that gives us a quality of life that we, that we want to have? Or, you know, what kind of vibe do we want to have here? Um, you know, I think most people, if they want a, a Knoxville or a Roanoke kind of feel, then we're never going to have that, obviously. But I think that there's things that that we can have that are that are better and give people a better quality of life than we have. Um, as for me, when I think about what I want Lee County to look like, it's probably something a little more like uh, Washington County, I would say. Yeah, Abingdon. I really enjoy Abingdon. You've got the cattle market, you know, they've got a great uh, livestock market. They've got a lot of country people, but they've got preppy, you know, preppy people and local restaurants that, you know, you don't feel like you could walk in like this and, and sit down, but they've got the Cracker Barrel too, you know, so um, it's a good mix of barter theater versus, you know, tri-state cattle market. Old school versus new cool kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, I think that obviously they have the interstate and we don't, but you know I think we could have somewhat of a feel more like an Abingdon, Rogersville. I think is another example. If you go downtown Rogersville, which I could, that's uh, Hawkins County. You go downtown Rogersville, it's beautiful. It's old, but it's it's beautiful. But they have a four lane. I think they're very similar to us. You know, Eleven runs by Rogersville. They have a lot of manufacturing and stuff off of Eleven. So I, I think we've got to first figure out what we want this place to look like. What do you think some of the specific problems in the county are that, that may be getting in the way or just need to be overcome before we can actually get a plan in place and, and start moving things? Infrastructure, I would say, is number one. Specific uh, in infrastructure meaning what? Internet. I mean, it's just modern-day convenience. Uh, people want to live in a place you know, where they can have the basic necessities and internet has really become a necessity. You know, somebody asked me the other day, what, you know, is the internet really that important? Well, you know, it's not that long ago people didn't have internet. And I said, yeah, it was like one, at one time they didn't have electricity. Then once you get it, you, you got to have it. You know, no, none of us would think about living in a place where there's no electricity. And I think 20 years from now, people will say, yeah, I can't imagine living in a place where there's no internet. You know, and sometimes if I'm on the friend, on the phone with my friends from, law school or somebody away from here and I say well I'm going to lose cell phone service here in just a second they're like oh wow really it's still that rule out there I mean that's it's unheard of to, to people in other places so I think um, internet is, is a big thing that we need to work on which Board of Supervisors has really been working on that for probably the last I don't know 10, 10 11 months 12 months maybe now uh, you know we spent over a million dollars on internet um, basically we uh, we reached out to the service providers in the area, Scott County Telephone, uh, Point Broadband, uh, and, and others, and we did an, an RFP uh, request for proposals. 
saying, hey, we're, we're looking at spending a million dollars or more on the internet. Send us a proposal on what you can cover with that million dollars and when you can do it. And we only got one response from that, and that was from Scott County Telephone Cooperative. So we've been working with them diligently since then, and they, they've installed an, an incredible amount of fiber since then, along with Powell Valley Electric, which they work you know, hand in hand. So I think uh, broadband is the first thing, water and sewer. You know, if you look at the western end of the county, that's the area, I think everybody agrees that that's the area that's most ripe for development. And there's no sewage in, in a lot of the county. I mean, going, going by the vet school, the vet school has no, no sewage. And, you know, when you have to rely on traditional septic systems, it requires so much so much land, you know, for your field lines and all that. You could never have a McDonald's like you do here in McDonald's sitting on a quarter acre lot down west because the amount of water that a McDonald's produces w would take such a big footprint to filter all that water out in the traditional system. So we're, if you thought about this, you can pull out at Hardee's and drive to Cumberland Gap and not pass a drive-through anywhere. And I think going west of Jonesville, until you get sewage, you're never going to have the kind of infrastructure that you want. I mean, you're not going to have the eateries that you want. You know, we have a few, but nothing nothing really large scale. So I think water, sewage, uh, internet, cell phone service. You know, when I went to law school in Grundy, I used to, if I, if I knew I was going to be on the phone or I needed to be on the phone or I might be on the phone, I would go all the way through Richlands, you know, and around the long way to get to Grundy because I could have cell phone service most of the way. Take me an extra 45 minutes, but I did it. And, and, and when you have a place where you don't have uh, cell phone capability, people that are on 25, they're trying to get to 23 that need to take 58 through Lee County. If they know they're not gonna have cell phone service most of the way on the western end of the county, at least if you have Verizon, that they're going to go around if at all possible if there's a better route you know to be able to talk on your cell phone it's just it, it's it's more than modern convenience now it's a, it's a necessity so i think we've really got to work on those things what's the county done as far as uh as far as pulling in infrastructure from wireless carriers probably mainly at&t and and verizon to cover that west end we when we were meeting with uh the internet providers and talking to them around the same time and, and really all this came from the I can't remember what it was now 4.3 million ish that we got from the it's called the CARES Act funding people usually call it the COVID money but we were talking to internet companies and we were talking to cell phone companies about you know we're looking at spending a lot of money on some kind of infrastructure to help kids that are going to school at home you know be able course they could access it either if they had good enough cell phone service or internet so we were looking at both of those and Verizon had absolutely no interest I mean and we were telling them we're, we're looking at building you a tower free and, and you know for example DD Leonard from District 5 has been very aggressive about trying to get cell phone service in Keoki there's a cell phone there, there's a communications tower that the county built I don't even remember two years ago um, for first responders that was built to spec for cell phone provider and they left the top of the tower empty so somebody could attach their equipment to the to the tower so we we basically said we've got this uh, we've already got this tower up here that's built to spec it's pretty new we'll let you hang on it for free Verizon didn't even want to have a conversation about it I mean they had no interest in 
putting more cell phone service anywhere in the county. And uh, AT&T, they would at least talk to us, but also not all that interested in in a new tower. Um, I mean, we, we offered to give them the money to, you know, put the, the Kiyoki Tower. We didn't have another tower that would really be suitable, but um, they didn't even want to talk about it. So, But what they did do for us, and I'm appreciative of this, so we've got these um, MBOs, multi, what's it called, multi-band originator, I think. We've got one in Black uh, Blackwater, one in St. Charles, one in Kiyoki. And they give you about, uh, I think it's, up to a mile uh, diameter or half a mile radius um, of AT&T only service. And that was in conjunction with Scott County uh, Telephone too. But anyway, so we've, we've got better cell phone service in those areas, but there's so much, uh, so much area that's not covered now. So the plans for moving forward um, from, I mean, the supervisors, only five supervisors in the county. I mean, five guys can only do so much. What what do you feel is something that either the local business community or um, private sector, you know, private citizens throughout the county, residents, that what can we do to help you guys push this uh, these initiatives forward or get these kind of services brought in? Well, as far as cell phone is concerned, uh, you know, I don't know if there's anything that anybody can do to get it done. I mean, you know, I always say the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but we've squeaked pretty hard. We've had a lot of meetings with AT&T, and we've really tried to push them and uh, try to get them to do more. Just haven't been very successful uh, with it. And as far as what the citizens can do, you know, I, I don't know what the citizens can do as far as that. But I think I think that this is going to become a thing of the past in the next five to ten years as far as cell phone service. Um, Apple just did a deal, uh, I can't think of the company that they were dealing with, but basically the, uh, the, the next iPhone is going to be satellite capable. Um, so you'll be able to talk from a satellite no matter where you are. I don't know what it'll cost, but that just came out last week. Somebody sent me a link about it. Actually, Jack Kennedy from Wise County, who's very aggressive about uh, internet services in particular, sent me a link about it. So I think we're going to get to the point very quickly where we don't even have cell phone towers. We're communicating directly off of a satellite. I think a lot of these, uh, a lot of these, well, even even like this uh, radio station and stuff. The you know being able to stream from the internet, from any device, um, you know, the, I think that's changing our communication and it's changing the way uh, we travel, talk. I mean, you can get a lot, there's a lot of apps where you can talk uh, over the internet um, through VoIP and uh, voice over internet protocol, those type of apps. Uh, Google Voice is a, is a free program that you can do that with. And as long as, you know, um, in the area I live in, the county uh, going out towards west, not not that far out, but we haven't had internet, and just recently got that through Scott County uh, Telephone, and it's completely changed everything. As well as you know, um, most of these modern, uh, the later model cell phones, whether it be iPhone or Android, you can set to do internet calling right. so you've actually you've actually as long as you've got that infrastructure you're talking about um, we can do phone calling 
Um, now, does that uh, enable us to connect to other things? You know, I think that's definitely um, something to push forward. But there's 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 got to be ways that residents of the county can help. You know, what I'm saying it's not just uh, elect five guys and then you guys got to go out and have a, a, a free for all in the in uh, getting this stuff done. So the the every average everyday citizen in Lee County. What can they do to help their supervisor in their district or the whole board um, accomplish kind of things? What's some basics that that you look at when you're having a, a supervisor meeting or um, you guys are trying to, to make decisions and stuff throughout the county? Um, you know, do you rely on the general public and what what they have to say or um, or not? And how how do you feel that? resources can be utilized better in that area let me be more specific and, and kind of go back to your last question before i answer that as far as what the public can do for more internet access you know we had an event on august the 20th and one on august 24th the one on the 20th was at lehigh the one on the 24th was at thomas walker where so scott county is scott county telephone is is sending in um, a petition basically to the to the state, the governor announced that there was going to be seven hundred dollars, seven hundred million dollars spent to connect, you know, what's known as the last mile on internet. So Scott County is putting in for thirty to forty million dollars to build out the rest of Lee and 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 Wise County. So what they asked was, they said we want to send in this application and we want people to sign a petition saying, hey, I'm such and such, I live at this address and I don't have internet. So just to make it look more powerful and show the need. And unfortunately, I think there was 21 people that showed up at Lee High School. There was probably 70 that showed up at, at Thomas Walker. Um, so I don't think it's too late. I don't think they've submitted the application. But I think one thing people could do very quickly is to is to get with Scott County Telephone, sign the petition to show you know the state the need that people have down here in this part of Virginia for internet. More broadly, um, you know we have generally about I would say three to four people show up at our meetings. And people are much more interested in the school board than they are what the Board of Supervisors is doing. And um, maybe they're more interesting, I don't know. But yeah, I've tried to um, keep people a little more informed than I think traditionally has been done. Since I got on the board, um, all of our meetings now, the, the audio recording from our meeting is on the leecova.org. If you go into the Board of Supervisors link, you can listen to any meeting that we've had since January of 2020. So I, 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 you know, I made a motion about that. The rest of the board thought that it was a good idea to, you know, just make it more available because, you know, we were meeting at 4:30. Now we're meeting. I think I don't know, meetings are at 5:30. But, you know, if you're on the western end of the county and you get off at five o'clock, you're not going to make it to our meeting before it begins usually. But I think all the, the supervisors enjoy looking out there and seeing people. Sometimes if you have some hot button issue, you know, you have a lot of people, but ordinarily there's nobody there. Maybe they're all listening to the audio recordings of it and they, I suspect that they're not, but uh, I think just getting involved, you know, writing a letter to the editor. I don't, I don't mind critical comments, you know, just to know that people are thinking and, and talking about what's going on in the county, I think is helpful. Uh, willingness to serve on boards. 
I think there's, I counted it a while back, I think it's exactly 40 boards, authorities, and committees that the Board of Supervisors appoints people for. If you look at a list of who's on there, it's a lot of the same people serving over, you know, they're on multiple boards. Um, I think there needs to be a willingness for more people to serve on these kind of boards. And, and a lot of times when I ask people about it, you know, it's, well, I'd like to, but I don't, I don't have time for that. And it's just, uh, it's just a community service matter. You, you know what I mean? You just need more people willing to step up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll serve on that and be glad to, or I think I can contribute to this. You know, we've got one appointment right now that's been open, uh, Lonesome Pine Office on Youth. We have two two positions that we can appoint to back in, uh, I think June is when they came up. I appointed someone to for one of the seats, and the other has been tabled since, actually it may have been May. It's been tabled over and over and over. And there's got to be somebody who can step up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll take that position. You know, I don't want to be hoggish and, and get my people on both of them, but uh, on both of the seats. But um, that, that's something the public can do and just just push us to do things. So one of the things that, that I notice um, is... The lack of the lack of information. You know, uh, just just recently there was two events at the airport, um, and those events were open to the public and should have had uh, a good amount of participation. I don't know that they did, but bottom line is I heard about it after, and how did I hear about it? I, I saw it in the paper, and nothing against. A paper but any paper anywhere in the country if you're reading about it in the paper it's already happened uh, or most most of it so is there something um, or will you personally commit to us here where we can get out information prior to these things happening uh, and, and know a schedule is there a simple place or can something be uh, be done in a simple way where the general public knows that on this date and time there's going to be an event somewhere, not that there was an event and and uh, it's already done and gone. Because a lot of, a lot of us, uh, I think, feel a, a day late and a dollar short. You know, um, I'd like to see there a lot more involvement, even myself. Um, but I just don't know unless I call up the county or ask them. Um, you know or try to go through a scrambled website trying to figure out a specific schedule. The only thing that's on the, like the Lee, the, the Lee Cova site is the next supervisor meeting. That doesn't tell me about events at the airport or events at the hospital or events here and there and, and so on that, that you know, you're speaking of that, that need, it needs a lot more um, of Lee County citizens and re residences going to those things and showing support. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing how in an election year, uh, three months before an election, you know, we've got everybody running around and, and uh, showing up at, at different things, and then it kind of dies to the side. And uh, that support needs to go both ways, not only for those elected people and what they're trying to accomplish for us. I mean, we did vote you in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But also in, uh, you know, back, um, you know, it's it's uh, kind of like being on a football team and, and having this the stands empty, you know what I'm saying? There's not much right. motivation. Um, so 
is there a way that you specifically can help with those type of events? Because you, you obviously are going to have first-hand information as a supervisor, or is there a way that we can help the supervisors get that information out so the general public can be more reactive and responsive to those events? One thing we did earlier, I think it was this year, um, you know, the county's traditionally done a bad job at marketing, in my opinion. I mean, marketing is just done differently now than it was 25 years ago. If you want to market anything, uh, traditional media has its place, obviously, but you, you can't ignore the power of social media. And I think we've ignored the power of social media for a long time. So er, it looks like earlier this year, I'm looking at my phone now, we created a site. Uh, you, you know, I said these uh, public hearings, the way to get out things about public hearings and events like the airport, uh, we need a Facebook page. So we, the county didn't have a Facebook page. So now we have one, Lee County Board of Supervisors, Jonesville, Virginia. Uh, I don't think it has many friends or, or uh, followers on it. Looks like it has 562 uh, followers on it. But that's something that we you know, have been pushing in the last few months. Anything related to a job posting, for example, the, the fly-in event that you mentioned, that was on uh, that was on that Facebook page. Um, even the way that we've advertised for positions, you know, we've always advertised in the Powell newspaper, and that's really been about it, unless it was something that was really, really hard to find. So uh, the last couple positions that we've had, I recommended that we uh, put them on maybe Indeed.com or one of those uh, job posting sites. So we need to do a better job of, of uh, using the power of the internet to connect with people. Um, so, you know, I would encourage anybody listening to follow that uh, Lee County Board of Supervisors Facebook page. It will help you stay informed uh, on things. And then it, it, one thing it's done too is it's made it easier for the supervisors when uh, somebody in the county administrator's office makes that post. Now we can go onto our individual page and click share so we don't have to type our own post out. So it, it's helped uh, get it in all five corners of the county. So the next question becomes, who runs this social media page? Who's the one that is in charge of making these posts? I, I think Jerrica Carter in uh, county administrator's office is the one who posted. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, anything related to it, like an RFP or bids, when we're trying to get bids for something, that's all going on there. Job postings are all going on there. Most events are going on there. And then also the EDA, um, and, and I could be wrong about this, but the EDA just got their, the Economic Development Authority, got their uh, page up recently. So I hope to uh, see more things posted there as it relates to tourism and other happenings in the county, um, uh, things like that. Sydney, how the last question, and then we'll we'll close this out for this first uh, uh, episode with you, is how do you feel, in short, do we get the county or get the people in the county to where we need to be economically? What's some basic ABC123, this is what we need to do? I'm really big on, on anything that, that I do that I'm working towards. Um, I always start with what is the goal. You know, even even my, you know, cases that I have in my office, I always ask every client, what's the goal? And I write it at the very top. And then what's our plan to get to that goal? 
And I think so first we've got to identify what the goal is, but then we've got to come up with a plan. My granddad used to say that a bad plan is better than no plan at all. And I don't think we, there's no real cohesive plan. You know what I mean? There's no, I brought in here because I thought I knew what we were going to talk about. This document that um, Leighton Harding from Powell Valley Bank sent me, I guess it was the last week, Thrive 2027. It's Roanoke Regional Partnerships plan for the for the next five years. It's a pretty impressive document. I don't know, it's probably 20 pages, but when you look at the, the people who have been a part of working on this plan, I mean, there's probably 30 people there that have been a part of working on this plan, and it's detailed. I mean, it's, it, it, it's we don't even have a document like this. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we've got to sit down and really put the pen to the paper and, and make plans for each thing. You know, we, we were talking before we got on the air about the drug problem. You know, what, what is the plan for, for that? We don't have a plan for that. Um, workforce development, um, keeping, how do we keep people that are graduating in the class of 2022, 20, 20, I guess, coming up now, how do we keep them here? You know, what's our plan for that? Why would they want to live here? Quality of life issues. You know, if you, there's a, there's a good publication that I read called the Virginia Economic Review. And one of the things they talk about, it, it always comes up, is, you know, for example, the uh, publication in the first quarter of 2020 talked about food and beverage industry. And they were interviewing uh, two guys who do site placement uh, consulting. And they were saying, how do you, if a locality is working on trying to recruit food and beverage people, what do they need to do? And one of the things that they talked about, they were talked about infrastructure. Uh, specifically, they mentioned water, uh, wastewater, uh, rail, electrical capacity, public gas. Um, then they talked about the labor force. And when you look at the labor force here, it's pretty scary. I, I, and I've got a lot of business clients. I've talked to a lot of business people. And the thing that they all complain about is lack of labor. And, and you have some people saying, oh, there's no jobs around here, and you've got other people saying there's all kinds of jobs. And I think both of those people are, are correct. There, there, are, there are no jobs depending on what you want to do. If you, wanna, if you get an MBA and you want to you know, utilize your MBA, you know, or you, you're studying finance and you, you got a Harvard MBA and you want to come back to Lee County now, no, there's not, there's not much for you to do. If you want to do factory work, there's some of that. If you want to work at Smithfield, there, there's some good jobs out there. But in order to keep your college grads here, you've got to have something for them to do. What, what's the point in going to, to UVA-wise or Radford or wherever and studying business, getting a four-year degree, having $100,000 of debt, and then moving back here and try to get an entry-level job? You, you've got to have all those people and before I came, there was a book that I read probably a year ago. Uh, it was called The Extremes of Virginia. It talked about Southwest Virginia, the Eastern Shore, and Southside Virginia. It was talking about what, what basically what's the economic problem in all these areas. And so the author was talking about this concept, and I don't know if he came up with it or if it's something widely known, but it's the one-two-seven rule. So if you've got this MBA kind of person, up, upper-level management, He's got to have two people, or she has to have two people underneath that are kind of mid-level managers. Then you have seven worker bees. 
and, and we don't have the worker bees right now. I mean, this, this drug problem has devastated, you know, our workforce. So if you don't have the, the seven people, the worker bees, then you're not going to have the college grad or the MBA or the, the mid-level executives not going to stay around. So you, you've got to work on each of those problems. And I think it really starts with the worker bee. Uh, because that's the that's the thing right now when you talk to most people around here in, in bit construction, you know, glass machinery, SS Brothers Construction, they're all talking about lack of labor, landscaping guys. You know, I was talking to one just yesterday, and he was talking about can't find anybody to work. So until we, we work on this employment issue, we're not going to retain young, uh, you know, talent that's interested in management. Very true. So true. Well, listen, we've been, uh, we are about uh, 28 minutes into this. So um, we'll wrap this interview up and hopefully we can invite you to, to uh, bring more of your expertise to the table and in uh, future programs. Um, but one of the things that I think, you know, we come from this is, is more participation. Um, I think the, the county as itself can do a better job of getting the information of upcoming events that they need support uh, and I think the the general community needs to show that support by getting out there taking the time it's uh, we can all find excuses as to why we don't have have time but um, you know in the long run we better take the time and uh, so I appreciate you um, you know, coming and having and sharing this time with us and and some of your expertise um, this has uh, been Lee talk radio with Sidney Cobb, and this is a wrap. Okay, Lee County, we all look for ways to save where we can on items we need, whether it's at the grocery, the gas pump, or when we're shopping online. Uh, there's also opportunity to save money on your monthly utility bill. Of course, weather is a major player in how much energy you use, but incorporating a few basic energy efficiency tips into your household can help reduce usage, which may translate into savings on your bill. So here's a few helpful hints. Your thermostat. What is your set on? In the warmer months, set the temperature at 78 degrees Fahrenheit. In the colder months, set it to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. If you have a programmable thermostat, you can set it even higher or lower when no one is home to maximize energy savings. Blinds, curtains, and shades. Keep them closed during the heat of the day in the summer and open them to let the sun in during the winter. Ceiling fans. Set them to run counterclockwise in the summer and clockwise in the winter. Also, ceiling fans only cool people, not rooms, so remember to turn them off when no one's in the room. And here are a couple non-weather related tips, like lights. Uh, lights like ceiling fans they're just using energy for no good reason if nobody's in the room. If you leave a light on for security or safety reasons, consider using LED bulbs, which are more energy efficient than standard uh, bulbs, or program them to come on and go off at certain times. The laundry area. Use cold water as often as you can. Most of the energy used for washing comes from using hot water. Only wash full loads. Your washer and dryer use the same amount of energy to wash and dry a partial load as they do to handle a full load. So these are just some of some simple steps you can take to improve your energy efficiency, even when the weather is extreme. 
We hope this information can help you save a few bucks here in Lee County. This information was actually compiled by uh, one of the local power companies. Um, so it should give you some good tips that are simple that we all probably can do better at in uh, trying to make our homes more energy efficient with uh, some of the tools we have right in front of us. Uh, hope this helps. And now we'll be on to our next topic and program with Lee Talk Radio.